This morning's scripture. Woo. I'm pretty loud. There we go. <laughs> this morning's scripture is out of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 8. And before we uh, read that, I got a question for you. How do you respond when the walls cave in? I just want you to think about that for a moment. Or let me ask you this question. How did you respond this past week when the walls caved in? We're going to look at this uh, passage and happens to be one of my favorite characters in scripture. Uh, You got to admit that David was quite the guy. Uh, The the song that we sang, the Psalm 3 that we sang first off was... uh, was one of David's psalms, and I appreciate David's candor um, throughout Scripture. Not a perfect guy by any means, but boy, did, boy, did he seek after God. Um, chapter 30, verse 1. Uh, I guess I should preface this uh, passage by reminding you that uh, in, verse, in chapter 29, David and his army had been with the Philistines, and they'd been there for a while, and they'd been hanging out, and they'd been, they had been uh, a part of that army, but the Philistine leaders, they got this... This bad feeling, I don't know, I guess if you kill their guy Goliath, they kind of have a problem with you. They have a hard time trusting you. So after, a while, after it's been a year and they hadn't done anything, nothing had happened, but the Philistine army, uh, the leaders, they said, well, uh, we're not real sure we want you as a part of our army, so why don't you take, David, take your guys and go home. Go home. You're no longer needed uh, in our army. And so they, they headed home, and that's where the story starts this morning. It says, David and his men reached Ziglag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and the Ziglag. They had attacked Ziglag and burned it, and had taken captive the women and all who were in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them away, carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men came to Ziglag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Did you hear that? David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Zeril and Abigail, the widow of Nabal and of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of the sons and daughter, of their sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. When David said to Abathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, Bring me the ephod. Abathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and exceed and succeed in the rescue. May God add his blessing to the reading this morning. Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons podcast. Each week we will be uploading the focus scripture and sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, I ask that you would humble our hearts this morning. Quiet us that we might hear the message that you have for us today. Lord, that we might recognize ourselves in the midst of the message. Lord, that we might look at David and the way he responded and learn from that. 
quiet our hearts that we could hear and hear you clearly this morning. Lord, I pray even now for those who are trembling in their seats, who are thinking about decisions such as following you, such as baptism or membership or direction that you would have them to go. I pray even this moment, Lord, that you would give them clarity, that you would challenge them where they stand, where they sit, Lord, that that you would remind them who is in charge and that we would call on you, Lord, in a powerful way today. Lord, take this passage and make it real for us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You've become adverse? Oh, sorry. So that's the question, right? How do we respond to adversity? How have we responded at those moments where we feel like the walls are caving in? It could be a difficult time. And as we heard in this passage this morning, David comes home, he's prepared to come off of the the battlefront and come home and meet his family to see his wives, to to see his kids, and the whole group of them, I'm sure, was thinking, well, at least we get to come home. We can take a deep breath. We can see those we love. We can reconnect. And yet when they walked and pulled up there, what do they see? The smoke bellowing. Everything they owned burned. Not a soul to be found. Everything they, they had counted as theirs gone. Pretty difficult part or uh, point in their life, I'm sure. A difficult moment in their day. I mean, let's think about it just for a moment. When is the last time you weeped until you couldn't You didn't have the strength to weep no more. Think about that for a moment. I mean, we just read that and we read right over it. But think about that just for a moment. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you thought about killing the very person who was in charge? (laughs) I mean, that to me is crazy as I read that story. They talked about Stone and David. (laughs) Pretty dark and gloomy day. And you have to ask yourself, I have to ask myself, how do I respond to those days of adversity? How do I, what do I do when the bad days come? What am I willing to do? Or what do I naturally do? I think that's probably what happens, right? We say, well, I'm going to go right to God. And yet when something happens, something as simple as a flat tire. Or, and, and I know you guys have Facebook, and I have Facebook, so I know what you guys do in the morning. I, I, I laugh when I see at 8.30 in the morning, day's ruined, or <laughs> terrible start to the day, every, you know, and I didn't set my alarm right, or whatever it is, right? And the question is, how do we respond to adversity in our lives? It says a lot about who we are as people. 
And I think it says a lot in this passage what David, what kind of man David was. No, not perfect, not at all, but powerful and that he went straight to God. First thing I want to share with you in this passage, and just and you're going to think, hey, Ike, I need your help. <laughs> just, yeah, thank you, sir. Uh, I'll just say Ike, okay? <laughs> I want to remind you this morning that problems are universal. I know that seems like probably the simplest thing that you're going to hear today. But as simple as that sounds, you would think that we would be able to better accept the fact that there are problems in life. There are struggles in life. There are going to be things in life that don't line up the way we want them to be lined up. Can you click me another one? Actually, two. Go ahead, the next one, please. This passage reminds me. Jesus says in John 16, In this world you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. I was at a, uh, a funeral on Friday, and I heard this, the, the passage in Job 14. It says, man, man is born of woman only a few days and full of trouble. <laughs> it reminded me that, you know, problems are going to be there. We are going to struggle. We are going to go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And if we actually believe that we can live in a bubble and not have those problems, we are kidding ourselves. We're kidding ourselves in that we think that, well, it's not going to happen to me, or I'm not going to have to deal with that, or if I plan, the, probably my favorite part is if I plan my world well enough, I'll never have to deal with another problem. And we, and, and we, exactly, we know exactly that that is not the case. But one of the questions that I have for you this morning is, as how do you respond to adversity? Has it changed over the years? Have you Moved the way that you deal with adversity as you have matured, I hope. I hope. Or has 20 years ago been the same as it is this today, this moment? That's a tough question to answer, right? It's a tough question to answer if it hasn't changed at all in 20 years. If I still am bothered by the same problems I was bothered by as a teenager, that's a struggle. Go ahead, Ike. I want to thank you. I want to share with you. No, <laughs> I want to share with you a, a little bit about me, and I, and there's a lot of places that haven't changed in life. I can, you know, I've worked on a lot of things, but there is one area that has changed in my life, and I can remember this as a twenty-something with three kids and a wife in a van, and it wasn't the best of vans. But I can remember ruining vacation year after year after year, worrying about what the van was going to do, worrying about that front tire that was worn a little more on one side than the other, or worrying about whether the brakes would be okay, or worrying about this, or worrying about that. And I spent so much time, we would get ready to go on vacation, we would go even just an hour. And it would be miserable in my house because I would be miserable, worried about what are we going to do if the tire goes flat? What are we going to do if the car breaks down? What if we get there and we can't get home? Which obviously, right, we know that that is not the case. There will not, you will not be an hour away for the rest of your life. <laughs> Someone, I will come and get you if that's the case, right? right? And, and as, at, at 46, it's like, okay, that makes good sense. But at 20, it's like, the world is going to keep, the whole thing is going to collapse on me. 
If the car breaks down an hour out, I know, but at 20, it's like I got three little kids. I have a wife to take care of. Uh! <laughs> but you're right. I will not. It, it, the worst case, if I spent the evening or the night there, I won't be there for in 10 years on the side of the road, right? Somehow, some way, it will be taken care of. And we laugh because we're like, yeah, that's a silly thing to be worried about. And yet, boy, if we're honest and we look inside of our own hearts, we, we know that we have the same silly worries about things, uh, concerns that we know can be taken care of by the God we serve. I hope you, when you watch the, uh, the countdown timer, I hope, I hope you thought, well, that was pretty odd for one. And Talk about two little kids worrying about stupid things like I failed the test or I didn't know this or that, right? And, we think, and I just wonder if God sometimes just looks at us and shakes his head and says, silly followers, right? What are you worrying about that for? Well, as we look at the passage this morning, David walks into a hornet's nest, a mess. Both of his wives are gone, his family's gone, the people that were with him are turning on him, and a decision needs to be made. Where am I going to get my strength? Where am I going to get my strength in the midst of this? Or am I going to become bitter like all his other buddies around him? Quickly became bitter. They obviously were the end of their rope, right? And so that's the question for today. Go ahead, I... It's a question for our own lives. When we walk through adversity, are we going to be bitter? Or are we going to find God's strength? David responds, it says in uh, verse 6, David found strength in the Lord his God. I love the wording there. The, word, the Lord his God. God was leading David's life at that point. And even in that difficult time, he was able to lean on God. Remember, this is a very difficult time in his life. Everything that he owned was gone. Every, his wives were gone. All those things were missing. They didn't know if they were alive or dead, taken captive. Who knows? David had a choice to make at that moment. His choice was either to become bitter like his buddies, bitter that God would put him in that spot, or to find strength in the Lord, his God. I think one of my favorite things about David is that, you know, if you ever read much of the Psalms, a lot of the Psalms will have on top, uh, or right at the beginning, Psalm of David. That we, when we sang, uh, Thou, O Lord, a shield for me, that's Psalm 3. And we see that David uh, wrote a ton of Psalms. And I think, I like, I think that's probably one of the reasons I love uh, David's uh, candor is that he wrote these psalms in the middle of these struggles. He's, he, uh, he wrote these songs and he was so honest and yet and powerful. Go ahead, I switch it. Thank you, sir. I don't know about you, but I can remember um, we didn't grow up with a whole lot in life. Um, not that I ever really knew that. My parents took great care of us. 
But I can remember sneaking in the cupboard and seeing the, not, this is a no-name cocoa, but I think they blacked out the Hershey's. But seeing that Hershey's and thinking to myself, oh, man, a whole jar of Hershey's. Not knowing that cocoa was not the same as chocolate. And you can remember that. If you remember that, you can remember, oh, it's powdered chocolate even. And grabbing a whole teaspoon of that thing right out. Of course, you know you're sneaking it, right? Because you're not supposed to be in there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's good for, Kenny, not me. <laughs> but you can remember taking that very first taste of Baker, Baker's cocoa. And your lips pucker, and you're like, <laughs> and the powder blows out your mouth, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about, because you made a mess, you got in trouble, your mother found out, your tongue is brown, along with your teeth and your lips. Yeah, exactly, exactly, Zach. It wasn't me, yeah, as your lips are and spewing bitter chocolate out your mouth, right? You have a choice. A choice when those struggles come along, the adversity comes along. Am I going to be bitter? Am I going to get so hung up on these problems that I can't look past them? Or am I going to find my strength in the Lord, my God? There's a, go ahead, I, this passage is used a gazillion times, and you know why? It's awesome. It really is. It reminds us that our strength is found in the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount on wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Powerful passage. I want to share with you uh, a psalm, Psalm 27. Go ahead. Thank you. And it's, this is not, I just didn't pick just one. If you go through Psalms, you'll, you'll find loads of them that David wrote. And they're all uh, pretty similar in nature. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? It goes on to, in verse 5, and it says, For the day of trouble, will, he will keep me safe. In his dwelling, he will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. David understood that no matter what would happen, that God was in control of that, that he could find his strength in God and God alone. There were a lot of things going on in and around him, but he was able to find his strength. In God, and sometimes you know when you read this passage, you, you see that they're weeping; they're all they're all in a rough spot. And yet, at that very moment, it says, David found strength in the Lord his God, right in the midst of all of what was going on there. He was able to find the strength in God. A few weeks ago, uh, we had a, uh, a medical concern within our, our extended family, and, uh, and it was a concern. And you know, I'm sure, just like anyone else, you ask yourself the why me's, you ask yourself the, the what ifs, you ask yourself... So if this happens, what do we go? Where do we go? How do we deal? What, you know, and, and, you, and you know as you, if you have any mil, uh, medical issues, there's always a lot of waiting. There's always a lot of waiting involved. And um, Okay, we're going to do the test in two weeks. Okay, great. <laughs> and you expect me to do what in two weeks? Um, just sit, sit back and relax because, you know, 
but I don't know what the answer is, right? And sometimes it's hard to find strength in God in the midst of that. Sometimes it's hard because we start to ask those questions. What if this happens? What if I do this? Then where do we go? And I'm, I'm wondering if David didn't ask those questions, right? What if my wives aren't alive anymore? What if my kids are gone? What if they've been sold into slavery before I get there? What if? And each one of us, we have those questions. I don't know about you guys, but I, I have this really cool thing in my brain. I, I, I hope I'm not the only one. If I am, then I'm really scared. <laughs> um, I have this great movie theater in my brain. And I will take a situation, and I'm pretty good at editing it. I will put it in there, right? And I will begin to run it. And I run it through and see where it lands the first time. I'm like, ah, okay. If I don't like that ending, I, I put it back in. I edit it a little more. And I run it through again. And then I run it through worst case scenario, best case scenario, um, what happens if this happens? You know, it's like one of those old books. I, if you're, this is long before any of you young guys read books, but we used to have this book where it ended. It had like different endings. Do you remember those books? We thought it was really cool. And now they have Kindles, right? <laughs> um, now they have movies with different endings. But the same setup. In my mind, I would run that through my brain. Okay, if we do this, and then we go to the next step, and the next step, and the next step. Whoop, stop. I don't like the ending. Let's go back. And I missed the whole point. My strength is found in the Lord, not in what I can do, not in what I can think about, not in all those things in my life where I want to make the decisions. David realized very quickly in the midst of all the mess that God was his strength. God was where he was going to find strength. And so he had a decision to make. What do I do? In this moment, what do I do with the mess I'm in? I'm in the midst of my house is burned, all my stuff is gone, all my family is gone, all my friends' family is gone. There's nothing left. What do I do? He comes to the third, thanks, sir, to the third point. And he has an honest conversation. Now, I, I originally thought I'll, I'll put on there, he prays about it. But I think we've gotten to the point where that's such a cliche thought process or a cliche thing that we tend to say, yeah, I'll pray about that. And we say it and we don't maybe take it as serious as we should as uh, followers in Christ. There was in the uh, verse 7, it says uh, that he grabs the, the prayer shawl, the ephod. Go ahead and flip it one more time, please. Thank you. He grabs it to, when he's going to pray to God. And it got me thinking about this passage. What do you do when it comes time to pray to God? When it's serious and you need to be on your knees, what is it that you do to remind you how serious prayer is? David grabbed the ephod before he called upon God. He grabbed it, and he put it on, and then he inquired of God. Maybe we should have a prayer vest. Maybe we should have a prayer vest to put on before we come to God. Maybe that would be a better reminder of how powerful prayer is. 
One of the things I don't like to do is to get on my knees. I don't know about you guys. I have one bad knee, and it just does not like to be on the cement. But you know what? I'd probably take my prayer a whole lot more serious if I got on my knees and prayed to God. And just in that position alone, was reminded of how powerful the God we serve is. See, go ahead. Thank you. We are a part of the royal family. If you have called upon Jesus, if he is inside of you and you have a relationship with him, you are a part of the royal family. No one else needs to go to God for you. You are a chosen people, Second Peter says. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. You're special. And you can go to him at any time. It's powerful to be reminded of that. Go ahead, Ike. I don't know if that's how you're feeling this morning or not. Sometimes that's how we feel. We feel like the walls are caving in on us and there's no way out. I had another picture that just creeped me out. I couldn't, I couldn't put it up there. I don't know if anybody has uh, claustrophobia, but I'm kind of a big guy. and there was a, It was a picture of a guy coming up out of a tube, a rock formation, and, and he was a little guy, and he barely fit. And when I looked at the picture, it just, uh, it's like chalk, fingers on a chalkboard. Can't hardly handle that. And I know, I know that we feel that way, and that there are some who feel that way this morning. Feel like the walls are caving in, like there is no way out. And I'm here to tell you this morning, there is a way out. David recognized there was a way out. He recognized that God was the way out and that in spite of all the problems that he had, God was the answer to the questions he had. God was the answer. As I read this, I wondered, what would David have done had God said, do not pursue them? And I believe that David would have listened. David would have listened. He inquired of God. He was willing to take the decision that God would the answer that God would give him. And I asked you the same question this morning. When we call upon God and he gives us an answer, are we willing to listen? That's the hardest part. I asked that question because you're here this morning and I pray that God has put something on your heart, a decision that needs to be made. And there's an altar here, an altar to come and pray to him a step to be made, a relationship to begin. If you haven't began a relationship with Jesus Christ, you do not know the longevity of your life. You do not. Scripture says that the numbers, are, are, they've been ordained, and God knows the numbers of, your, of the days that you have been ordained. Not to scare you, but that's the reality. Our neighbor Last Saturday was perfectly fine. Drove up the road, waved and honked his horn in his slingshot, and Pastor Dave and I were standing out in the driveway, and we waved, and the guy, he was all smiles, had just got done with a golf tournament. Uh, 
nice guy. 10 o'clock at night, he fell over. God called him home. Did the funeral on Friday, and, and it reminded me of the passage in Ecclesiastes. It said, there's a time for everything, and God's got that all figured out, and I don't. It reminds me that we need to be timely about our decisions. So as you have a chance this morning, we will have an offering time and a chance for you to come forward. I, I just want to encourage you that if, if baptism is something God is calling you to, oh man, if you've been sitting in that pew and you haven't, that's exciting stuff, guys. If God's calling you to a relationship with him, a deeper relationship with him, starting a relationship with him, don't let embarrassment or I might stand out or what will the people next to me think of me, don't let any of that stuff hold you back. That would be the saddest thing. If God is calling you to something and you need to get right with him this morning, bring it to the altar. That is what this is about. This isn't pew warming for an hour and we leave. That's not what it's about. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about experiencing him in a powerful way. Let him work in your life. Let's pray. Lord God, we just come to you this morning thankful for the reminder that David, in the midst of the biggest mess of losing everything he had, went directly to you. That he decided, Lord, to seek you with all he had. Lord, I pray this morning for anyone who doesn't have a decision, hasn't made that decision to follow you. And Lord, if you're tugging on their heart this morning, I pray that they would make that. They would sense who you are and be challenged to follow after you. Lord, I pray for those who are contemplating baptism, haven't said a word to anyone, but want to take the next step. I pray, Lord, that you would urge them this morning. I pray, Lord, for those who feel your call, hear your voice, know in their heart of hearts what you want for them, and are scared to move out of that pew. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them this morning. Lord, that you would use those around them to encourage them. Lord, that you would help us to encourage them. Lord, that we might see that step of faith to watch and experience the way that you're working in and around us. We know it's scary and yet so powerful. Lord, we'll give you all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen.